How you doing, folks? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and one day a true proletarian revolution. But until we get there, I would like to say hello. I am your host, Josh. And welcome back to yet another episode. If this is your first time tuning in, I'd like to say thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you enjoy the show. Um, Just a heads up, uh, we are not the, you know, most high quality podcast. I am recording this show off my phone, in the car, driving to work, so... If the sound quality isn't great, if there's background noises, if this just isn't the best podcast you've ever listened to, I do apologize. The quality isn't going to get better anytime soon. I'm lazy, I'm busy, and uh, I'm poor. So I don't really have the ability to get, you know, high-tech sound equipment and things like that. Uh, I actually had to get uh, microphone by asking some of my friends to donate some money. So I do apologize. I have yet to have anyone complain about it. However, I am severely insecure. So I just wanted to say that ahead of time. But if you are willing to make it through that, I really do appreciate it because I think this episode is going to be moderately important. Um, so As some of you may know, um, I I would assume most of you know that there is a lot of strikes that are taking place all across the United States. Um, Yesterday, John Deere, uh, the UAW organized workers from John Deere, just announced an authorized strike of over 10,000 workers. Um, Now, this combined with the 60,000 uh, International Alliance of Theatrical, um, uh, Theatrical Stage Workers, I believe it is, stage employees, maybe, uh, that is the Hollywood, Hollywood Actors Union, um, that folks like Danny DeVito and others have been advocating for, um, there is, strikes and walkouts and attempts to unionize in fast food chains, in coffee chains, in retail stores. Um, As we know, not too long ago, there was an attempt in uh, Bessemer, Alabama um, for Amazon Fulfillment Center workers to try to unionize, and that would have been the first union to successfully organize within an Amazon facility. Um, And although it did not succeed in its first attempt, the effort is continuously going. The uh, retail workers and department store union uh, is still, you know, organizing strong, whether it be an Amazon or other Uh, facilities like it. So we have a huge rise of workers' rights uh, being advocated for, 
We have a huge rise in uh, demonstrations, in unionization efforts, in strikes, in walkouts, etc. And it's really something incredible to watch. You know, I mean, as someone who has worked all throughout the pandemic, I really do wish that I could get my coworkers um, to go on strike with me. I really wish I could get my coworkers to unionize, but at the current moment, my job situation poses uh, a difficult uh, strategy, difficult uh, way in which this is going to have to go, considering I literally have four coworkers. So it is a bit difficult. It's a chain store. So if we did anything, there's a good chance that they would just send in workers from surrounding stores and they might just outright fire us because I do live in a right-to-work state where you can get fired for anything with no explanation and there is absolutely no goal, no uh, legal uh, repercussions that can be you know taken on your behalf. So... It really is fucking incredible to see all these workers going, you know what? Fuck you. You don't want to pay me. You don't want to treat me like a human being. You don't want to give me, uh, you know, safe working conditions. Well, then guess what? You don't have any workers. And that's precisely the, you know, the strength behind uh, things like strikes is the, as we know, The basis for capitalist growth and expansion is a constant and available resource of labor, of workers. One way in which capitalism tries to uh, build uh, protections against strikes and other kinds of workers' organizations is by keeping what Marx called a reserve army of the unemployed. Now, as we know here in the United States, on average, anywhere between 20 and 40 million people go without a job or an income of any sort every single year. Um, That means that the federal minimum wage being at $7.25 is not necessarily so incredibly uh, ridiculous to, to everybody as it should be because, okay... If all the workers throughout the Bible Belt who oftentimes get paid some of the worst wages, uh, especially in places like uh, West Virginia and places like uh, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, etc., a lot of those southern states, um, especially black, black, brown, indigenous, and uh, immigrant folks, oftentimes are... Uh, some of the worst paid, some of the worst treated workers, uh, whether it be in those states in particular or just uh, kind of across the board, um, if they don't want to take 725, the 30 million people who haven't had a job in years might decide that that's enough for them. You know, if you're making nothing, 725 an hour looks pretty good. Um, So that's how they are able to keep the minimum wage, the work conditions, the uh, overall treatment of the labor force and workers of this country uh, continues because first and foremost, uh, a lot of the times, although we are starting to see a change in that, of course, 
the working class is not organized. So if you want to fire some 100, 200, 300 workers, most of them aren't unionized. Most of them are not organized outside of their workplace. And therefore, you know, at the end of the day, you fire them. Many of them don't have any recourse to take because they're standing alone. And that's what I really want to talk about today. But before we get into that, I want to just round off on this topic and say that capital, right, and the system that it, it, the system that we call capitalism is not an accident. The way in which it structures itself, its existence, you know, and continual perpetuation of things like a reserve army of unemployed, um, a minimum wage, uh, all of these things are on purpose. Um, If they weren't developed by capital itself, um, for example, like a reserve army or the fact that laborers are, or I should say, employers are only going to pay laborers the bare minimum that they require for sustenance and survival, and for 40 or so years, workers in the United States and all over the world said, listen, that's not the case. They'll pay us even less. Uh, So we need a minimum wage. So whether it's because capitalism itself had this thing built into its foundation or whether it's because we have gone on strike and demanded these improvements these things that are in place these protections whether they be for the workers or whether they be for the employers are there because an ongoing struggle between the working class and the owning class has been going on since the very first days of capitalism Because built into capitalism's very existence is a requirement for laborers. If you are a capitalist, you are only that because you use your capital to employ wage workers, right? So wage workers are necessary. They are an endemic part of the system known as capitalism. You can't have capitalism without workers, without the working class. So built right into the very foundation of our system is a direct disinterest in the benefit of the working class by the owning class and vice versa. Um, This is important to understand because we must know that in a lot of cases, this is not something that can be escaped by a purely economic struggle. This has been a discussion that has been on hand for 150 years. All the way back to the early days of the German machine-smashing rebellions that Marx and Engels discussed plenty. Um, There was all kinds of unionization and workers-led struggles within Russia before and after the revolution. So workers, whether it be here in the United States or across the world... Time and time again, as capital goes into crisis, they are the ones who suffer the most. They are at the bottom of the barrel, and so therefore, when shit hits the fan, it all falls down on them. So when uh, inflation goes up, right, our wages don't go up to meet the inflation rates so so that our money 
has the same purchasing power as it once did. When, uh, you know, trade deals go through or, uh, you know, international protections that the uh, United States has tried to place on its uh, industry and agriculture that it has uh, taken advantage of and taken ownership of across the world, when uh, those countries have national liberation struggles or they nationalize certain sectors of their industry, um, that ends up falling back on the working class. That's less money that goes into the pockets of the owning class that's left profits that they make off of the labor of us. And so therefore, that is less money that they are going to dole out to us because the only reason we get paid a wage because if we don't get paid a wage, we're not showing up to work. But that doesn't mean the capitalist is going to pay us what we're actually worth. It's not meaning that the capitalist is going to pay us what we did and uh, what we worked for. Because if a capitalist paid exactly the amount or the value of our labor, then they would turn... Uh, no profit and they would not be able to maintain their dominance and ownership of capital over labor. So we must understand that this system capitalism is incapable of surmounting and resolving the contradictions between workers and owners, between the ruling and oppressed class. There is no way in which that contradiction can be resolved without a complete break from the system that we live in today. I did an episode a bit ago called A Worker's Critique of Trade Unionism. I'm not going to go too far into depth, but we must understand that the way in which we demand things, what we demand and what we are fighting for will be uh, the causation of what kind of uh, uh, reality we achieve. So in a less complicated and more you know, intelligent way, what I mean to say is, if we are struggling solely for higher wages, uh, better working conditions... Uh, healthcare benefits, pensions, the right to unionize, we are not demanding that the people and the groups who have been in charge of this system for over a hundred years, who have built a system which is uh, predicated on the exploitation of the working class and the appropriation of their labor force and surplus value. This is not a system which can be, again, negotiated to a point of equality, of egalitarianism. Whether it be between the trades, whether it be between the unemployed and the employed, or whether it be between the employers and the employed, there is a insurmountable contradiction within capitalism. Capitalism itself is a rotten and exploitative system which continues and will continue to oppress and control the working class. 
This is important to understand when we are discussing some of the struggles which are taking place here in the United States and across the world. Because as many folks before me have said, simply struggling for economic gains does not actually take down or fight the capitalist system itself. In a lot of cases, it actually solidifies and perpetuates the capitalist system into the future. Because again, we're not fighting for, and I should say, the majority of these struggles are not fighting for workers' ownership or uh, worker control. They are simply fighting for better privileges for workers. Now, it's not my job to come on here and say what workers should and shouldn't do um, for the sake of being right, right? I come on here and say this because these are the things that I've learned. This is what history has shown time and time again, and I believe it's important to, to deal with and to struggle with these ideas because otherwise we have the ability and the opportunity to continue making the same mistakes that workers for 150 years have made all across the world. But I want to talk about how, while supporting the workers themselves, we can begin to try to influence these struggles and begin to try to organize towards more uh, revolutionary goals. Because at the end of the day, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that our end goal is proletarian revolution. But we can't have proletarian revolution if the trade unionists, right, are fighting only for the privileges and benefits of those within the union, with those within the trade, or those within the certain uh, political, economic, or social strata Uh, that they themselves are in. For example, for a large portion of U.S. working history, most unions and most working struggles were predominantly white male-led struggles. This is something we need to learn a lesson from, and this is why discussing these things is important. Because that is a key component to some of the mistakes and some of the failures that have been made here in the United States. Because when we have struggled for simply economic gains of the white male working class, we're simply fighting for the better privileges for the already privileged workers within our working class. Now, does that mean that white workers should not be organized with Does that mean that white male workers are actually the enemy? No, that totally is based on class collaboration or class solidarity. If they themselves as individuals choose to fight with and stand with the owning and oppressing class, then that's one thing. But if white workers are just simply workers themselves, if they don't have any connection to the means of production, if they don't have ownership of any kind of means of sustenance than uh, uh, you or I do, then at the end of the day, that does not necessarily make them different than us. But it does mean that they have a tendency towards white chauvinism. I, myself, as a white male, have the opportunity and the tendency to lean towards white chauvinism. That is because I, myself, have grown up in this country 
where being a white male does offer you some privileges and some benefits that most people within this country do not get. So when I myself am organizing, I need to be aware of that. And I need to be doing everything I can to uh, wage struggle against that to try to build something which is able to combat that and build something which is able to uh, develop into a more equal and egalitarian struggle. Although I myself am aware of the compromises and uh, half measures that trade unionism and economism uh, commonly fall into, I am also aware that I am a member of the working class. And as such, I and everyone else should be doing everything that we can to stand in solidarity with those workers who are demanding better wages, who are going on strike, who are trying to unionize, who are trying to go out and demand affordable housing for the working class, who are trying to demand uh, cooperative and worker ownership or control of their workplace. We have to be able to support these workers. If we actually, um, you know, are dedicated to the class struggle, we have to recognize that the economic struggle, the working people's struggle, is, of course, a part of that class struggle. But as Lenin clearly demonstrates in many of his works, including, for example, the development of capitalism in Russia, it is not so much a possibility that a purely economic struggle will lead towards the gains and the control which is necessary to affect the overall issues facing the working class. So how can we support workers who are going on strike? How can we support unions that are trying to work towards, you know, some form of worker control? How do we support the efforts of different members of the working and oppressed classes to go about trying to affect the relationship that each one of us is a part of at our uh, workplace and as um, workers in a society because we are not just simply workers because we are employed. We are proletarian because our labor exists as a whole ownership of society. We, as a working class, are more than simply un- or we are more than simply employed laborers. We are labor. For example, if every single worker at Amazon went ahead and went on strike 
Jeff Bezos, the board of directors, and the other members of the administration of that company are not going to go down into the fulfillment centers and start working. They will hold off until they can figure out a way to get more workers in there for cheaper. That is what we as individuals who are not members of the ruling class exist as. We exist as batteries. We exist as fuel for the overall capitalist system. But we as workers need to recognize that that is one of the most powerful tools that we have. A general strike has been shown in many countries to completely decimate the power and the control of the ruling and owning classes. And a general strike has been used time and time again combined with insurrection, combined with other forms of struggle, which lead towards more than just simply better conditions for workers. So how do we support workers in this? Well, first and foremost, we need to continue educating. Those of us who know about the different strikes that are taking place, those of us who know about the different ways in which workers are exploited and taken advantage of on a daily basis, those of us who know about this relationship that is foundational to the capitalist system between the workers and the owners need to be spending all of our time educating ourselves so as to be able to go ahead and educate others. We need to be talking to folks at our workplace about these things. We need to be talking to folks in our day-to-day lives about these things, our friends, our family members, etc. We need to be trying to reach out to any local organizations in our area to see if there's any way that they would be willing to do demonstrations in solidarity or if they planned on sending any kind of donation so that the workers who are on strike can feed themselves so that they can have somewhat of an income. Um, Oftentimes unions do that where a lot of the dues uh, get collected and then in a situation like this will be doled out to workers so that they can afford their needs even while on strike. We need to be talking to our own local chapters of unions and seeing how they are organizing, seeing how they are going about trying to engage with the workers. But we also need to be supporting workers by organizing non-workers. Because at this point, again, what oftentimes happens is if a, say, for example, like Warrior Met Coal goes on strike, has been on strike for about eight months, they are on strike for Warrior Met Coal coal workers. Now, if another sector of industry or if other workers go out and either strike in solidarity, um, call for, um, you know, attention on these strikes or demand any kind of other action... It doesn't always necessarily 
surpassed the point where it's simply arguing for the benefit of those who go out and get jobs. Because then, to some extent, we're supporting the argument which is critical to capitalist and bourgeois perpetuation, which is you are free within a capitalist system to work or die. And we're going to struggle for those who go about working. We're going to struggle to get them a higher wage. We're going to struggle for them to get health care benefits. We're going to struggle for them to be able to have cooperative ownership of businesses. This leaves a huge portion of society untouched. It leaves a huge portion of society completely disconnected from the struggle. So another way that we can support workers who are going on strike is demand and organize among the workers, or excuse me, demand and organize among the non-workers that they themselves don't become scabs. That's one way that we can do something. We can say, listen, I know you need a job and I know you don't have an income and now that these people are on strike at Kellogg's or now that they're on strike at you know, some of the schools, maybe in your local area, that doesn't mean that you should just go in and nab that job because you yourself need to show support for the working class in general, not even just these workers themselves. Because what happens when you go and get that job? The owners and the ruling class just were told, hey, I don't really care about all those motherfuckers going on strike. I don't really care about the fact that you don't pay me a living wage. You don't give me better working conditions. You don't actually build a society where I can afford housing or have health care. But that's fine because for right now, I just need a job. That's what they're looking for. Again, that's what the reserve army of unemployed is for. So we need to organize the reserve army of unemployed as a reserve army of support for the working and oppressed people. When we are looking at the working struggles uh, or the working class struggles that are taking place in the United States, we have to understand that some 50 to 60 million people are still without jobs. We have to understand that whether employed or unemployed, an average of 70 to 75% of Americans go every single year without health care. We have to understand that in America, an average of 15 to 20 million people are in danger of going hungry, which means, and I know we hear this oftentimes, so we don't always have the greatest definition for that, but that means that at the end of the day, They might not have food, just plain and simple, just don't have food. And if they do, it's not a guarantee. They might have it one day and not have it the next. So we need to support the workers who are going on strike by building a mass movement that is building towards mass organizations that are, uh, you know, a part of the working sector, which are a part of the unemployed sector. We need to organize houseless folks, right? Because 
people who literally don't have homes cannot just simply be told, hey, you know what? I, don't don't go get that job at Warrior Met Coal because those workers are on strike. You're really going to tell someone who doesn't have a home that they can't go get a job without offering any kind of aid, without offering any kind of assistance? If we want to support workers, then we need not only educate, but we must agitate. And by agitating, we must take the agitated people and organize them. We must give them tasks. We must give them uh, uh, things that they can go out and do. Like, I don't know, uh, standing in the picket line with striking teachers or going down and uh, offering daycare services for the workers who are striking at... um, uh, uh, Frito-Lay, uh, you know, cause that's a really important thing. You have to understand that most people do not have reliable or affordable daycare. That is something which is incredibly necessary in our society today. So you can go out and offer daycare for the children of the workers, right? You can continuously be calling and demanding that the board of directors, the CEOs, the trustees, the shareholders, the uh, corporations who have, uh, you know, stock in these different companies which are going on strike, uh, that they revoke their money, that they revoke their support. Um, You need to be going out and standing really suited up in front of the fucking feds, in front of the pigs, because things like the Haymarket affair do happen still. Workers uh, of, you know, Warrior Met Coal, I'll continuously bring them up. They have seen time and time again police repression where officers will come in and arrest people who are simply observing their legal right to strike, to organize, to unionize. But this is why we must understand that simple economic struggles or simple struggles within the legal framework of the capitalist and bourgeois system leave a lot to be desired. Because at the end of the day, the state just breaks the law. They go in and they shoot up families at the uh, Haymarket Affair. They go in and arrest workers. They go in and they brutalize uh, demonstrators. They go in and they block roads so that other uh, people can't drive in and show their support. They uh, own the media and they will put out deals or they will put out limited offer um, items so that people ignore the abuses that are being taken against the workers because they just simply want to consume, consume, consume. So you can dedicate your time towards debunking or pointing out all of these things within advertisement, within media, within news, right? You can go on social media and share news stories and explain why these things are important. Explain how we can be showing our support for workers, You can do all kinds of things to show support for the workers, and we must be doing everything that we can to show support for the workers. 
Because the goal of a communist, the goal of someone intent on waging the class struggle is uniting and organizing the entire working class. We need the teachers that are going on strike in New York City, in LA, in Texas, right? We need them meeting with, discussing, and organizing alongside with the frontline healthcare workers who are going on strike. And we need the frontline healthcare workers and the teachers to organize with the student unions at universities who are going on strikes. And we need these people to organize with the houseless or tenants organizations within their locality. And we need those organizations to combine with any other social, political, or economic struggle that they can possibly unite with. When we do this, we are building that meme or that uh, old political cartoon that you see where there's like the 30 workers all putting up their fist and then that fist turns into a huge fist, right? The more people we get to combine efforts, the more people we get to recognize that this is a struggle for worker control that this is a struggle for the power being placed in the hands of the proletariat, the more capable these struggles are of not only just uh, gaining economic advances and privileges, but actually being able to amass power which is capable of actually ending or truly affecting the foundational and structural issues which are built into the capitalist system. We actually see the possibility of teachers, coal workers, frontline healthcare workers, students, garbage workers, um, uh, electricians, engineers, water plant workers, um, uh, uh, transportation workers, right? Um, We see an opportunity for all of these people to go on strike, to make demands, to boycott, to go out in the street and fight the fucking pigs, to, uh, you know, put themselves up for local office, to uh, put pressure on representatives in the federal, state, and local levels, to... uh, go to house to house and feed folks who need being fed, to give daycare to folks who want to go out and strike along with workers, to educate folks on COVID and the vaccine and maybe distribute these things, right? These all provide opportunities for widening and uniting larger portions of our working class on the same line. And this is the most important point. And although, and excuse this door that's about to be loud, excuse the background noise, I'm just walking into my job. Um, we need to recognize that unfortunately, 
the game we are playing is a little bit bigger than just trying to get better pay, trying to be able to have um, somewhat affordable housing, trying to be able to get paid days off from work. Although all of these things are completely central to not only a trade unionist, but of course also a socialist struggle, our foundational line, which is guiding us, which is the centralizing point for our organizing and is the uh, logical conclusion that we are working towards. Um, if, uh, if we want to build something which, as we, we said a moment ago, is capable of actually solving or affecting the structural issues within capitalism, we have to recognize that whether we know it or not, the struggles of the houseless, the struggles of the unfed, the struggles of the oppressed and exploited workers, the struggles of black, brown, indigenous, and immigrants within this country, the struggle of transgender folks, non-binary folks, and other LGBTQ plus uh, community folks, uh, all of these struggles are connected on a very, very unifying level. And that is the level of uh, relationship within capitalist bourgeois uh, uh, society. The relationship being, as we all, you know, uh, as we've discussed, uh, the owning and the workers, the ruling and the ruled, the oppressed and the oppressors. Um, as uh, Fred Hampton says, uh, you have the upper and the lower. You have those who are oppressed and those who are doing the oppressing. And the reason why those who are being oppressed don't rise up and just take power from the ruling class is because the ruling class is upper and the ruled over class is lower. The ruled over class does not have control over its own education. It does not have control over the media it is forced to consume. It does not have control over the social, political, or economic sphere. It does not even have control over its day-to-day -day life. And so therefore, what we are trying to say is that in this very case, we must recognize that the entire working class is in the same boat. We might all be at different parts of the boat. Some of the boat might already be submerged six feet underwater. Some of the boat might be sinking. Some of the boat might be five feet above the water with a nice little perch to look out from. But at the end of the day, you, me, and everybody else who does not have any form of ownership of the means of production, 
anyone who is not in control of capital, anyone who does not have the ability to eat, have a house, have uh, education without having to labor, everyone other than that is a part of the working class. Everybody who has to work in order to live within the capitalist system is a part of the working class. Now, I myself am not an expert on the ideas of things like labor aristocracy, petty bourgeois, lumpen proletariat, etc. But I can say quite clearly that the goal of class struggle is not to, A, blindly uh, unite with anyone within the working class. The goal of the class struggle is not to just consolidate power to anyone who comes along and says, yeah, I, I give a shit about what you guys are saying. I think, I think you guys should have better conditions too. The class struggle does not say that anyone who is not in complete control of society is a friend of ours. The class struggle says there are distinct strata within society. There are those who own and there are those who labor. And therefore, within both of those sectors, there are people who are conscious and are struggling for power to either A, remain in the hands of the ruling class, or B, be taken from the ruling class and placed in the hands of the proletariat. There are those within those classes who are conscious yet are convinced that nothing that can be done. There are those within the working class who are conscious, who don't know what to do. There are those within the working class who are conscious and are working towards the continued oppression of the rest of the working class. And there are those in the working class that are unconscious of their situation for whatever reason, whether they be distracted by struggles for, um, you know, just uh, their own benefit, whether they uh, are, you know, for example, a double or triply or quadruple oppressed person in this country who might be focusing on anti-racist struggles, who might be struggling for women's rights, who might be struggling for uh, transgender uh, humanity being given to trans folks, like they might be struggling for the uh, cultivation of a society where being gay, where being trans, where being uh, uh, non-binary has absolutely no uh, direct effect on whether or not you get a job, whether or not you have uh, proper education, whether or not you are given an opportunity in life. Um, these are all incredibly important struggles, which many people are waging tirelessly and doing incredible, incredible work. But a lot of these folks do not recognize that it is or should be our goal to unite all of these struggles, to be able to provide backup, 
to these struggles, to be able to provide support and solidarity to these struggles, right? A lot of the different struggles that are taking place in this country, whether it be against police brutality, whether it be against the continued uh, imprisonment and kidnapping of uh, immigrant children, whether it be the uh, militarization of our border, whether it be a struggle for climate justice, whatever it be, all of these struggles are stronger together. That is what we are saying. We are not saying that either or of any of these struggles is more important than any of the others. What we are saying is they are each part of the whole. And if you take a single part out of an engine, it doesn't run. If you take a single part out from under the class struggle, it doesn't work. And that's what we're talking about. Because at the end of the day, do you think any one of us should be going out and saying, listen, I know that you guys are struggling for, uh, you know, the end to uh, congressional uh, domination over uh, the bodies of those with uteruses, but you guys uh, aren't waving communist flags. So actually, I don't think that you're struggling correctly. Should we go up to the warrior met coal workers who have been on strike for eight months and say, listen, guys, you know, you're demanding higher wages, but you're not demanding, you know, worker control. So I think what you guys need to do is go back to the drawing board and uh, maybe shoot for round two. Do you think that anybody should be going, especially myself as a white male, should be going up to black folks, should be going up to women, should be going up to trans folks and saying, listen, I know, I know you're struggling, right? And you're, you're doing a great job. But I, I personally actually think you should do something different. No, that's not what we should do. We should continuously give support to the working and oppressed masses of the world. We need to be standing with the South African strikes. We need to be standing with the strikes in Haiti. We need to be standing with the strikes all over the world of workers. We need to be fighting for the freedom and emancipation of the working and oppressed people from the capitalist bourgeois system. However that struggle surfaces itself, we have to find a way to not only show its support, but also try to guide it in the correct direction. Because as we know as Marxists, at the end of the day, there are correct answers and there are incorrect answers. But every incorrect answer is a step towards a correct answer. So we as workers within the United States need to stand with every single one of these workers who is going on strike. We need to give them material support. We need to be speaking about their struggles on social media, in our day-to-day -day lives. 
We need to be trying to organize our own workplaces. We need to be trying to go into our community and knock on doors and see what people need. See if there are workers who need daycare. See if there are workers who have no food in their fridge. See if there are workers who do not have reliable transportation. See if there are workers who do not have homes. And go figure out how you can go about helping those people. Because guess what? The only way to organize is by getting with people who feel the same, who want to struggle, who want to help people, and going to do it. That's what we need to be doing. This is how we support the workers of John Deere. This is how we support the workers at Kellogg. This is how we support the teachers and healthcare workers all across the world. This is how we support the students and children of our future who need to have a society with breathable air, who need to have a society where food is a human right and guarantee, who have a society where housing is readily available and uh, affordable to all and, again, is a guarantee. They need to have a society that knows the importance of literacy, of proper health care, of uh, uh, true information and reporting, who knows the importance of education, of uh, rehabilitative centers, who knows how crime and addiction and poverty and abuse and all these things are directly connected to uh, the capitalist oppressive system. And we need to build up within our local communities and across this entire country mass organizations that are full of people from all different walks of life, that are full of people who are aware of what is wrong in the world and are willing to go out into the streets to do something. We need to build a base. We need to be building among the workers. We need to be growing and expanding our roots into different parts of society. We need to help the drug addicts. We need to help the, and I say drug addicts as uh, uh, someone who actually, unfortunately, recently had a family member who died from an overdose. So I, I do understand the, um, the hesitancy to use that terminology. So I will correct that and say uh, we need to help those who are suffering uh, and, and uh, diagnosed with addiction um, who are having to struggle with those things. Um, because we, we need not make these people or personify these people as their addiction. Um, we need to struggle for uh, not only prison reform, but prison abolition. Uh, we need to struggle for the ability for uh, quote-unquote prisoners, quote-unquote criminals, uh, a.k.a. human beings, we need to be able to struggle so that they have human rights, so that they have civil rights, so that they have uh, nutritional food, so that they have a uh, rehabilitative justice system that is based not on punishment, but on the improvement of society, starting from the point in which is most endemic to the cultivation of crime 
and other forms of quote unquote nasty uh uh you know society um by impacting uh uh the root of these issues by taking away the ability for someone to go without food because they don't have a job by making it impossible for a human being to have to sit and lay on the side of the road for shelter um to completely create a system where nobody and i mean nobody is given the opportunity to go without proper healthcare without proper doctor visits and vaccinations and medical equipment and affordable procedures we need to make sure that this is a system where whether you are black whether you are white whether you are an immigrant whether you are quote unquote poor whether you are a worker whether you are a farmer whether you are unemployed whether you are uh transgender whether you are non-binary whether you are uh uh anything that uh you know a human being can take as a characteristic whether you are anything you are provided and guaranteed a same or similar existence to everyone else in your society and each and every one of you be provided a truly humane uh, a truly quote unquote developed and advanced and a truly safe happy and healthy life i mean that that's all that we can be fighting for so how we do that how we support the workers that are going on strike how we go about uh solving the problems that are affecting workers at their root by putting out the flame at the very base of the fire the only way that we can do that is by building socialism and don't take it from me take it from history folks right So please continue to go out and support the workers on strike. Please continue to boycott all the companies that are going on strike. Please continue to educate about uh joining a union, about workers' rights, about tenants' rights, about uh, you know, why human uh beings should be guaranteed housing, education, food, medical care. Go out and talk to your neighbors, go out and talk to your family and friends go talk to people about why covid is still on the rise why the vaccines are only in the hands of the western powers why a majority of the world is going to be facing incredible supply shortages uh to know why prices are going up to know why uh if i quit my job i can't you know afford to live <laughs> um we need to be educating about these things we need to be agitating meaning we need to be using these things as a means to piss off workers to get them angry to get them mad and to get them aware that they're in this situation not because of their own poor decision not because they're lazy not because they didn't save money not because they didn't go to school not because they didn't get good grades not because they're just doomed to this life not just because the capitalist system is all there ever be not just because it is what it is not just because they came from a poor family but because there is a ruling and oppressive system and class which is in place and which is continuously oppressing and exploiting the working people we need to be then taking those folks who can make that connection who agree who become conscious and want to do something about them and organize them 
tell them to go organize their workplace tell them to go put you know posters up and have public meetings tell them to have study groups tell them to go teach about domestic and sexual assault tell them to go and uh you know try to uh demand any kind of improvement in local legislation go out there and boycott and demonstrate and strike at your workplaces. We need to have all of the people united in saying, listen, okay, at the end of the day, if we each play our part, we can win. And we can, we have, folks have done it for centuries, whether it be uh, winning the eight hour workday, whether it be winning a minimum wage, whether it be winning pensions, all of which have really been taken away. And that this should be a, a critical point and crucial point that we understand and, and study. And why? Why do we do this? Why do we try to not only organize the workers who are being abused in the distribution centers at Amazon or the coal workers or uh, resource miners who are in the literal earth trying to claw out resources so that capitalist pigs can continue making profit. Why do we have to organize with houseless people? Why do we have to organize with all of these different sectors within the working class? That is because this is the only way that we have true working class power. But we also must realize that these struggles have taken place for uh, indigenous resistance against colonialism, that these uh, united struggles have taken place uh, against imperialism, that these united struggles have taken place for all kinds of gains, right? Of which many of those have also been rolled back by the ruling classes. We must remain critical of this. So we know that this is a possibility. We know that when combined, when organized, when disciplined, and when united, the working class is incredibly capable of, uh, you know, uh, accomplishing whatever it is that it wants to. That's why we won all those gains back in the 20s and 30s for mostly white male workers, of course. But that's why they were able to succeed in their efforts because they united the most people. They were able to be disciplined, they were able to struggle and organize for those things, and they succeeded because they did, they did what they needed to do to get those things. So now we need to do what we need to do to not get simply higher wages, to not just simply get, you know, maybe a 401k or a pension, but to live in a society where working is not the determinant factor of living. We're being able to have a society where all members of society are treated equally, where they are given the same opportunities, where they are able to eat and have housing and shelter and have clothing and proper education. We need to struggle for that and we need to do everything that we need to do by all means necessary to achieve that, right? That is the overall goal. And if that's our overall goal, which it should be, because this is the only way which, again, we're able to actually change the problems at a systemic level and actually be able to, like I like to say, put the fire out at the base. Um, 
then we need everybody. We need workers going on strike. We need trade unions. We need houseless organizations. We need people uh, bringing food to those who don't have it. We need uh, nurses and doctors who don't have jobs setting up clinics. Um, we need folks with childcare history, uh, you know, starting community schools, neighborhood schools, starting daycare centers, starting pre-K and, and, and uh, similar uh, uh, um, uh, places for uh, workers to bring their children that are safe, that will give them an education, that will uh, you know, give them the facilities that they need to grow and blossom as children in a healthy way. Um, we need uh, people going door to door and asking their neighbors you know, what their needs are. We need people doing surveys of, uh, you know, different areas in their community and what kind of things are not provided for them. We need all these different things, which mean, means we need you, we need me, and we need everybody else who is willing to go out on the streets and struggle. So that is why I say we can't sit here and just uh, chastise or critique what the workers at John Deere or UAW are doing but we need to unite with them and we need to struggle alongside with them, right? If you can't join a union or organize your workplace, uh, go start handing out food to the houseless members in your community. Go start bringing PPE to them. Go start setting up hand washing stations. Start, start bringing them tents and warm clothes and blankets and water and uh, uh, heating equipment and things like that. If you can't go do that, then go start a community garden, start a community fridge, start uh, some kind of food pantry, food drop-off service. If you can't do that, you know, go uh, uh, educate yourself on some kind of uh, uh, engineering or uh, technological, uh, uh, you know, major or whatever, so that we can build um uh avenues of communication so that we can build uh algorithms that are able to uh plan economic uh production uh better so that we actually provide for the needs of people go out and learn how to make different forms of cement how to uh build houses in a, a, a non-carbon emitting way go try to figure out how to uh, advocate for and actually organize public transportation um, and, and, you know, uh, proper um, roads and, and places to go for those who don't have cars. And if you can't do any of that, go learn, go teach, go meet with people, go have discussions, go agitate, go write a blog, go record a podcast, right? Do anything that you can, but do it as best as you can and do it in a way which is meant to unite, which is meant to build, which is meant to grow and which is meant to accomplish the uh, end result of socialism, of popular power, of proletarian dictatorship and of a society which is built for the people, not for profits, because the only way that we can do that is together. And the only way that we can build together truly so that we are not just fighting for our individual benefits is by uniting on the most uh, unifying characteristic that each one of us in the working class has, 
which is our class, the fact that we are a part of the proletariat, the fact that if we do not work, the ruling class will let us die. Look at how they are handling COVID. They don't give a shit about us. Look at how they're handling the uh, climate disaster. They don't give a shit about us. They are united. They are organized. Each and every one of them is playing their role. So what are we going to do, folks? If you're still listening to this, I want to say thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day, evening, night, etc., whatever time it is that you're listening to this. I hope that you're staying healthy and trying to stay, um, you know, as safe as possible. Um, COVID is still going. Uh, Many folks are still getting sick. Um, The Delta variant is still around and vaccine apartheid is still a thing. So even if we ourselves aren't, you know, currently suffering, the rest of the world is. And that should be important enough to us that we take the necessary steps in our own lives and advocate for them in other people's lives to start building a truly international and collective mindset that is necessary to fight this pandemic because otherwise the Western world powers will just continuously uh, keep vaccines and medical information in their own hands and allow the rest of the world to suffer as need be. Sorry about that ringing, I'm still at my job. But (laughs) um, yeah, folks, stay fucking revolutionary. We'll see you next time. Check out my social media if you want. Reach out to me at email, indefensiveliberation at gmail.com. No caps or spaces in that. If you'd like, uh, you know, you can ask me whatever questions. You can ask to come on the show. You can invite me on your own show. You can tell me what show I should check out. You can critique me. You can tell me I'm a stupid communist who needs to kill himself. You can fucking reach out for any reason. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, folks. Go organize. Go build community. Go start building socialism. And remember, the ruling class is already organized, militant, uh, well-armed, and uh, well-established. So the only way that we are going to be able to affect that is by being 10 times more. Uh, So yeah, have a great day, folks. Bye.